Oh, we have so much to do. There's so many moments that make your jaw drop open from week 15 in the NFL and certainly not just Sunday. Also, Saturday, I don't believe what I just saw. Honestly, I had checked out of the game when it was 33-0. (laughs) So with the rest of the family, we had 10 people in the house on Saturday and uh, they were, I think uh, my niece and her boyfriend were watching a basketball game and then turn it over back to the football game only to find out that, well, it's no longer 33 nothing between the Vikings and the Colts. So that's how it started on the weekend and then all the way through. So what was the craziest thing you saw during this wild weekend of football? We're still having fun. <laughs> You're still the one. We're still the one. The the whole nine and one thing doesn't work anymore, but hi, Paul Allen. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Hour two, we're just getting warmed up live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. So we gave you the overtime finish between the Jaguars and the Cowboys. We had overtime, also a walk-off between the Chiefs and the Texans. We end up with a final couple of stands by the the Giants defense against the Commanders and a couple of penalties that are drawing the questioning both from Terry McLaurin as well as from Ron Rivera. But that game goes down to the wire. We see the Lions get back to 500 by stunning the Jets on Sunday. A touchdown with under two minutes to go. We see the Chargers give up what was the tying touchdown with seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter, only to then drive 50-something yards and have a game-winning field goal with no time left on the clock. And then there's the Raiders and the Patriots. And what was that? What was that? Oy. I'm not suggesting that everything needs to be scripted. You obviously can't control everything that your players do on the field. So we'll take it from the Bill Belichick perspective. Sometimes humans do strange things. In the moment, we make decisions, split-second, spontaneous decisions. We don't really think it through. And pressure does crazy stuff to our heads, to our hearts. Patriots could have been playing into overtime. They would have been another game into overtime in Vegas. And that would have been a hell of a lot safer than what they tried off script. That was the Patriots improvising. It was not part of the game plan. For that, you can be sure. So what was the nuttiest thing you saw this weekend? And of course, we'll get our poll up as we head into a Monday morning. We're looking for the teams and the fan bases that are most Manic, morose, morbid, mortified, moody, 
all of those things. This has become one of our most popular polls. Our mortification Monday. So who's waking up on Monday feeling like they got hit by a Mack truck or the biggest truck? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. So find me on Twitter, Radio, and then also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We'll get to some of these nuttier finishes this hour. Really, we're to sprinkle them all the way through the show. But I promised you the rest of the NFC beast and the best team in the NFL that can beat you a variety of ways. Hurts comes up. Maybe audibleizing. Let's see what he does right here. Calls for the football. He's going to run. He's at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Goodbye. Touchdown. Hurts under center. He sneaks. And he's in. Touchdown, Eagles. Now, they, they haven't called it yet, but it seemed to be. Yeah. I don't know what the weight is. I don't know what the weight was either. It was pretty clear from here, although I was worrying that I was going to sound stupid <laughs> if they said he was down at the one, but he no. is indeed in. It happens, Merrill Reese. It happens. It's live football and live radio. Three rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. So 61 yards on the ground, three times into the end zone with his legs. And now the Eagles are 13-1. and And boy, they can beat you on the ground. They can beat you through the air. Their defense now and then comes up with a big play too. This is a team that is battle-tested, especially playing in the NFC Beast. The great teams... Um, the great players, they, they find a way. And I think collectively as a group, we all came together and found a way as a team. And I think that's the, uh, that's the biggest takeaway from this game. You never want to waver. And I always say I never try and get too high, never get too low, just try and stay the same. You know, and you, tr- you, you want to find joy in all of these different moments because they're all teachable moments and they all form what's to come. Jalen Hurts is very reflective. He sees a lot of life lessons in football, which I like. As for Nick Sirianni, he's less reflective. When it comes to the turnovers, they just got to clean it up. Obviously, turnovers, you know, that's the, that's the big thing. We'll, we'll look at them. I, I, you know, I got an idea what happened on, on three of them, um, but I'll look at them and, and make sure I, I uh, you know, we'll get the coaching points right to, to make sure we move on and get better. So the Eagles win. They edge the Bears by five despite three turnovers and losing that turnover battle and despite nearly 100 yards rushing by Justin Fields. Nearly broke free for a dramatic touchdown, spinning forward and back. Just got his foot on the sidelines. But he now has a 1,000-yard rushing season. Ever since the Bears allowed him the freedom to run, but also put designed plays into the offense. We're seeing how much better that offense runs. It's more cohesive, certainly more dangerous. He's more dangerous. It kind of took the bridle off, if you will. Although bears don't necessarily wear bridles. You can put a bridle on a bear if you like, but I'm I'm not going to be doing that. The problem is these are not translating into wins. And so they still have a lot of holes. Don't love their defense. Man, it used to be that the Bears' defense was its greatest weapon. 
They fall to three and eleven, and they've dropped seven straight games. Other than the Houston Texans, that's the longest losing skid in the NFL. They start to mount, and they start to weigh on you. But a thousand yard season. That's a thousand yard season. It is something to be proud of and, and certainly a great accomplishment. I'm going to improvise and try to, you know, do whatever I can to put as much support on the board as, you know, as, as possible. So, um, you know, I mean, I don't plan to, so I don't plan to rush for a thousand yards every year. So uh, uh, my teammates, you know, pushing me every day at practice and us just pushing each other. And of course, you know, them blocking for me uh, on the field and, you know, blocking downfield. I, I couldn't be be here without them so of course it's a great honor but I mean you know it's 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 really because of those guys despite the 95 yards rushing by Justin Fields despite plenty of success by the run game against the Eagles Darius Slay points to that defensive line six sacks by the Eagles and another half dozen QB hits really dominated the game controlled the game and, uh, you know, definitely every time they got a drop-back situation, and uh, them guys with the hunting. So, and that's why, you know, we got one of the best D-lines in the league. And uh, guys out there really eat. They eat good. So they'll never leave the game starving. I definitely think that they need to eat good. I need to eat good. I, I'll i just tell you the truth. I briefly considered opened up opening up the mason jar and taking a couple M&Ms out. I did not because it's booby-trapped and it'll take off a finger. That's what I've told producer Jay. But you only have until Tuesday morning. So just over 24 hours to register your guests for the number of M&Ms. Jay, when you count them after you've double-checked your work, maybe even triple-checked your work, are you going to eat a few? I may partake in a couple. Enjoy one or two of them. Efforts. Will that be... Well, where I'm in proximity, in close proximity, and I can eat some too, or are you just going to take them for yourself? Similar to how you took one of our After Hours t-shirts oh. home and didn't bring it back. No, I mean, if, if you're interested, and I could, I could make, I can make it so that we I count them here and we can enjoy them. Been looking at them for so long, shaking know, them around, seriously. like teasing us. Right. So funny because last week on Ask Amy Anything, the question was posed about how my math teacher mom would figure out the number of M&Ms. So we're in Cracker Barrel on Saturday. No, Friday, sorry. Friday, after my niece's graduation, and we're all starving. None of us thought to eat breakfast before her graduation. (laughs) And then by the time we got done and moved her stuff, a lot of her stuff out of her apartment, we were starving and starting to get cranky. So we went to Cracker Barrel, but it was yummy. Anyway, we're at Cracker Barrel, and I said to my mom, how would you count the number of M&Ms? And she starts spouting off circumference and area and math problems. I'm like, oh, I knew it. I knew you would have a formula, but she's not guessing. She can have after-hours swag if she wants, but I'm not sure she needs a picture of my dog on her back. (laughs) We've talked about the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants winning and essentially pushing the Cowboys into the postseason. All four NFC Beast teams are in the playoffs if they begin today. They don't, but if they do. However, it's a painful loss for the Washington Commanders. It's on their own field. In addition to that, 
they kind of felt like there were a couple of calls that were questionable in that second half. Now, no game is ever decided by a flag. That's stupid. Otherwise, why would you play 60 minutes? If it just comes down to one flag, one penalty, one moment, one call or miss call, what's the point of playing the other 59 minutes and 50 seconds? So don't give me some crap about how the game comes down to a penalty because that's not true. However, Terry McLaurin is talking about the illegal formation penalty that he incurred that wiped a TD off the board with a minute to go. He actually says that he checked with the official to make sure where he was lined up would not incur the penalty. I feel like I was on the ball the uh, entire time. If you look through the, the game, I lined up there pretty much every play. So I checked to see if I was good the first time. And he was like, like, move up a little bit. So when I moved up, I checked to see if I was good. And he said I was good. So um, you know, I'm not trying to get fined. So <laughs> we had our other opportunities before it to come down like that. That's tough. But Terry, he told, did you hear him tell you that you were okay? Yeah, I did. Like, that's why I'm giving him a thumbs up twice to make sure I was, I was good. But, I mean, in that event, I guess I can't make it close for a judgment call, but uh, like I said, I feel like I checked with him twice. So So that's Terry McLaurin talking about his penalty, saying that he checked with the official, which is an interesting idea, right? Hey, am I okay here? Am I good here? And that the referee told him, or not referee, the official told him that he was good, and they actually spoke twice, or there was an exchange twice, and then the flag is thrown. I was listening to the Westwood One broadcast. It was Ryan Radke and Mike Mayock, and he was saying how much he really didn't love that penalty. But there were other moments, too, that fans will quibble about. Kayvon Thibodeau said he got hit in the eye on what was the last play when the Giants' defense was holding. It was a pass breakup by Darnay Holmes, who was defending Curtis Samuel which could have been pass interference, right? So there were definitely moments where fans are going to be frustrated and upset, feeling like the commanders got the wrong end of the deal or the raw end of the deal. But as I say, Thibodeau got hit in the eye, he says. So there's another opportunity where a flag could have been thrown and wasn't. And then there's no excuse for the two turnovers. That's not on the officials. That's on the commanders. In fact, that's what Taylor Heineke was talking about when this game was done. I thought we moved the ball really well. We just get into the red zone and stall out. Um, I thought defense played amazing. I really I really think the, the turning point of that game, the biggest play of that game, is the, the sack fumble for a touchdown in the first half. Um, that doesn't happen. Our defense is playing well. Um, that's that's a tough one. On defense, we had we had a you know a couple opportunities to turn them back, uh, you know, on, on uh, one on third down situations and one on a fourth down situation where we could have stopped them, you know, and gotten you know great field position, and, and that's probably it. I mean, just a couple of plays on the defensive side for the most part. 
Ron Rivera didn't want to talk about the penalties or the lack thereof. He just always asked the reporters, what did you see? Okay, well, that's what I saw too. (laughs) He's a smart man. Either way, the commanders had opportunities. And similar to the Cowboys, did not take care of their business. Or maybe the Buccaneers. You want to talk about rock bottom for Tampa Bay. This may be it. Four consecutive turnovers in the second half after they build a three-score lead. So we'll get to that at the back of the hour. Coming up next, though, well, you've waited long enough. The mayhem from week 15. It may be no dicier, no more stunning than in Vegas. But I kind of feel like that makes sense. The Raiders and the Patriots. A finish that you have to see slash hear to believe. I really can't control that. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. On second and 20, this time the Patriots only bring three. Carr, down the middle of the field, open Waller. Welcome back, Darren. Touchdown, Raiders. A seam throw right down the middle for 25 yards. First time in the game since Kansas City Week 5. And his first catch is a touchdown. It's time to pull on the pads and hit somebody. On After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back, Darren Waller is right. Jason Horowitz on Raiders Radio. And oh no, it's almost the death knell. Middle of the second quarter, the Raiders led the Patriots 10-3, to and they were up 14 at halftime. You know that's a recipe for Raiders disaster. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Coming into this game, the Raiders had blown four halftime leads of 14 points. No team going back in the last century, has done that. And it certainly looked like it was going to be five for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now the two tight ends to the right. A second and six. And a quick throw to the left. It's going to be picked off. Anticipating Duggar. Walks in. Touchdown. Patriots. What did I just tell you? It's a one-point game. And Jones under center. A give to Stevenson. Runs it through the right side. Go. Bounces outside. 20. Goodbye. To the 10. To the 5. End zone bound. Patriots take the lead. Touchdown. New England. A 34-yard scamper. It's actually a bruising run by Ramondre Stevenson, who was not listed as a full participant in practice, nor was he anything except for questionable all week long. But the Patriots didn't elevate J.J. Taylor off the practice squad. And so that was the indication that Ramondre was going to be able to play even on his bulky ankle. And boy, did he. 19 carries for 172 yards and a touchdown. Though the moment, the Ramondre moment that people will be talking about forever was still to come. 24-17, 
with three minutes and 43 seconds to go. If you look back over the tenure of the Raiders the last few years, it's not been Derek Carr. It's not been the offense. They can score. And they've got a lot of weapons around Carr. 37 seconds to go on the ball on the Patriots 30. Snap to Carr. Looking left. Lobs towards the far end zone. Over the shoulder. It's caught by Cole. Touchdown Raiders. Back pylon. Keelan Cole with the catch of his life. And the Raiders are an extra point away from tying this game with 32 seconds to go. See, Derek Carr, who had thrown a pick six earlier in the game, earlier in the half, is able to lead the team 81 yards in just over 90 seconds. And that touchdown pass ties the game, ties the game with about 30 seconds remaining. You would think that the Patriots would be okay with heading into overtime. It's not your favorite thing especially since you had the lead with a couple minutes left. But better to take this game into overtime than have a walk-off based on your... Just, I don't even know what kind of decisions these were. Questionable? Crazy? Incompetent? Raiders only have three up by the line of scrimmage. Mac Jones hands it off on a draw to Ramondre Stevenson. Breaks out of a tackle at the 50. Has the 45. Breaks away from another tackle. Pitches it backwards. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. And a step forward. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. He scores. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe what I just saw. Again! I can't believe what I just saw. This is unbelievable. I <laughs> wow! On the first night of Hanukkah, it's a miracle in Las Vegas! <laughs> now on a third and ten, three seconds left. Jones will give it to Stevenson. He started right. He runs it up the middle, hit by Chandler. Jones slips and hit across the 45 with a stiff arm. Off a tackle at the 40. He lost the football. And Jacoby Myers picks it up. He circles back and he throws it across the field. Oh Jones God. is picked up by Chandler Jones. He breaks away to the 30. He runs to the 20. He runs to the 10. He runs to the end zone. Unreal. Touchdown. Raiders. Good night. This might be one of the dumbest teams I've ever seen. And a victory for Las Vegas. Right. So when I ask you what was the craziest thing you saw this weekend in the NFL, I'm not even sure crazy cuts it. This is indescribable, though I'm going to do my best. By the way, it was all off script. As the Patriots are lateraling, lateraling? That's a weird lateraling, lateraling. Try saying that out loud. Lateraling. Lateraling. Later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It is, but it sounds not only does it sound funny, but it comes off the tongue weird. Lateraling. Not only were the Patriots throwing laterals. <laughs> Laterally, laterally. But, but it was improvised. They were doing improv with the football and three seconds to go. Oi. Get this. 
Jacoby Myers, who chucked the ball backwards and up in the air toward his quarterback. I don't know if he was attempting to return it to Mac Jones so Mac Jones might be able to throw it downfield. I I don't know what he was doing. But Ramondre Stevenson goes 23 yards. That's the crazy, that to me was the craziest part. Ramondre is running. He goes 23 yards. And then instead of continuing to go forward, now he's likely going to get tackled. But instead of continuing to go forward, he pitches it back to Jacoby Myers, who's maybe two or three feet behind him. And then Jacoby doesn't see many options in front of him. So he chucks it up in the air toward his quarterback and doesn't see Chandler Jones. I don't know how you miss him. Doesn't see Chandler Jones, who is able to reach up the long arm of the law, grab that ball, and then go 48 yards for the touchdown. The separate calls there, first on Raiders Radio with Jason Horowitz, and then Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak, former Pats quarterback, who labeled this the dumbest team he's ever seen. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Myers admits the coaches prepared them. Their quarterback prepared them in the huddle. The instructions were straightforward. Run the ball, go down. As in, don't turn the ball over. Don't give the Raiders any breathing room. Run the ball, go down. But that's not what happened in that final crazy sequence. Jacoby Myers lost his head. Trying to do too much. I'm trying to be a hero, I guess. You could call it kind of. I ain't see the dude back there trying to throw the ball. Like I said, I was just doing too much. You know what I'm saying? Should have just went down the ball. And the play call is just a draw play. And, and I mean, nothing more, nothing less than that. I, I'm, I'm supposed to know the situation. I'm supposed to know, you know, how much, how much time's on the clock and, you know, critical situations. And, you know, I, I failed to do that today, so it is what it is. Yeah, look, we've talked about situational football. We talk about it every week. But we obviously we've got to do a better job playing situational football and not making critical mistakes in the game. If you're Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevenson, now I'm not sure how the Patriots charter works. A lot of times these guys have, I don't want to say assigned seats, but they'll sit in the same places that they normally do. It kind of works out that way when you get comfortable, especially this late in the season. People are just creatures of habit, right? But can you think about Ramondre and Jacoby either having to pass Belichick when they get on the bus or the plane, but also do they sit as far away from him as they possibly can? I would. Oh, the shame. It's like they lost their minds. That's the part that's so nutso. This makes no sense in any football world that you would just start chucking the ball around. We're not talking about a team that's trailing by seven points that is looking for magic, and so they're going to try all these nutty laterals to keep the play alive with no time left on the clock. No, we're talking about a tie game. And I get it. They're not thrilled that the game is tied. 
They had the lead with under four minutes to go. But you're on the road. You desperately need the win. You don't want to allow your opponent to capitalize on your mistakes. You don't want to give them an opening. (laughs) Jacoby did go on to say this wasn't on Ramondre. But neither one of them was thinking clearly. Not thinking at all, actually. We don't have time for that. They did not think it through. This was spur of the moment, spontaneous. Maybe we'll make something happen. As Jacoby said, I was trying to do too much. He also admits, I should have just gone down with the football. How often do we hear that with quarterbacks? Trying to do too much. I extended a play. I didn't get rid of the football. I didn't slide or take the sack. I got all willy-nilly. Got a little fast and loose with the football and ended up turning it over. I mean, Dak Prescott was just talking about that in the Cowboys-Jaguars game. Sometimes the best thing you can do is just eat it. Eat it! But the Patriots, well, the two Patriots who were improvising, somehow they felt like this was a better option. I just, I can't even imagine. The Patriots have to be mortified on Monday. I appreciate the question. I really do. No, there's no question. Not this time. Mac Jones with a rough day. 13 of 31 for 112 yards. However, the Pats rush for over 200 yards, which is a big deal. Most of that, Ramondre Stevenson. A lot of that now falls by the wayside. Or the good feeling over that falls by the wayside. Wow. And this was against Josh McDaniels, former longtime Patriots offensive coordinator and assistant. So good for him. (laughs) Although it really had nothing to do with him. (laughs) All right, coming up, another former Patriot, Tom Brady, had his team playing its best football of the season in the first half against the Bengals, and then it all went horribly wrong. Yeah, screams of terror for the Buccaneers and their fans. You can find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS. We're asking you the craziest thing you saw in the NFL this weekend. And we'll get to those Saturday games coming up. But yeah, craziest thing you witnessed with your two eyeballs. Or maybe just one eyeball. During this wild weekend. Either on Twitter or on our Facebook page. And if you haven't yet registered your guess for the number of M&Ms in the Christmas mason jar... You're inside of now 30 hours to go. We're closing off the guessing with the end of the show on Tuesday. And so you can find that post pinned to the top of our Facebook page or our Twitter account. Glad to have you with us. Hope you enjoyed your Christmas weekend. Oh, sorry. Pre-Christmas weekend is what I meant to say. (laughs) It is the start of Hanukkah, though. But pre-Christmas weekend, pre-Christmas prep. Man, I I don't know why, but I felt like it was a little Christmassy, I guess, just because I was doing so much traveling. 
And there's more to come. Back to Virginia on Wednesday. <laughs> Oi. Princess Leia is a trooper. But I had to come back to get Penny. Funny enough, the dog, well, she definitely missed me. When the dog sitter dropped her off, she had her back to me. Didn't hear me talking to her. Penny, Penny, mama's here. Penny, hi, Pen. Nope, oblivious. I had to actually reach down and be like, Penny, tap on her rump. Pens. Loud noises. <laughs> it doesn't matter how loud they are. The dog can hear less and less. But oh well, if that gives her peace, if she has peace that way so she can sleep. She's all fluffy. She got groomed, too. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Fourth down, shotgun, look, Brady on from the gun, takes the snap, looks to his left, looking, throws the ball toward the end zone, hot ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, Russell Gage at the pylon, fire the cannons, Bucks lead 9 to nothing. First down and goal it is, just outside the Bengal 5, near side hash, moving left to right, one back set, four in. Here's the snap, quick out of the pass to Godwin, Godwin behind a block, dives to the end zone, touchdown Tampa Bay, Buccaneers take a 16 to nothing lead. Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. Here I am. Man, we're still working our way through the drama from Sunday. What was the nuttiest moment that you witnessed with your own two eyeballs or one eyeball? Maybe it was your earballs. Whatever it is, you can find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page, and we'll get to some of those answers coming up. But yes, even as the Patriots were squandering a potential win, even overtime, an opportunity against the Vegas Raiders, squandering is the right word for former Patriot Tom Brady and these Buccaneers who now must have hit rock bottom. Except in the first half, They were playing some of their best football of the year. They looked consistent. They were having their way. Efficient drives. Obviously scoring, as you hear with Gene Deckerhoff on Bucks Radio, a 17-0 lead. The only points they gave up in the first half were three, a field goal, on the last drive before the break to the Bengals. But everything changed in the second half. It really was the complete and utter opposite. Turnover after turnover after turnover after turnover, and the Bengals had a field day. Burrow ready for the shotgun snap. Joe catches the ball from the 10, throws to the end zone. Boyd goes to the ground. He's got it. Touchdown, Bengals. Burrow in the gun, Mixon to his right. Chase out to the left. Boyd out to the right. Burrow looking. His throw caught by Chase. Heads for the end zone. Touchdown! Bengals! Joe Burrow with his third touchdown pass of the second half. And the Bengals have a chance to go up by 10. Second down and nine from the Tampa Bay 12. Burrow stomps his left foot. A receiver goes in jet motion. 
They fake it to Mixon. Oh, Burrow throws. Baby. Caught. Wilcox to the five, to the goal line. Oh. In his hometown, Mitchell <laughs> Wilcox scores a touchdown, and the Bengals put it away with 2.21 to go. Dan Horde and Dave Lapham on Bengals Radio. 34 unanswered points by Cincinnati. Bam! 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 34 points in a row. That is really hard to do in the NFL. But you know what's also really challenging in the NFL? To score or hold a lead when all you're doing is turning the ball over. Two interceptions, two fumbles. Tom Brady matches his career high with four turnovers in a single game. But also, first time in 90 games that a Brady team has lost at home after leading by 17. This is not something we hear a lot. This has got to be rock bottom for the Buccaneers. And this is after the Bengals only managed 83 total yards in the first half. Not just that. Most of them were on that final field goal drive before the break. 83 yards. That's it. They looked lost. The Buccaneers defense was a step faster, was more aggressive. And Tom Brady, even though he's still getting rid of the ball quickly, he was able to work it around, connecting with Mike Evans. We saw Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten. This was stunning to to watch, excuse me. Had this game on in uh, my living room most of the time. And it was crazy. Four consecutive turnovers and then four touchdown passes for Joe Burrow in the second half. And this was, again, this this is the, the worst that it's gotten for the Bucs. The two fumbles were, you know, my fault. It was uncharacteristic. Um, you know, one of the interceptions was um, just a terrible throw. And the other one, I think, you know, I got, made, I got hit and, I was laying on the ground, the ball landed his arm. So, a lot of things that happened could be blocking, could be a bad ball, could be a great play. I know we turned it over in six possessions. We probably played them all on the plus 50 going in uh, in the second half. And field position from that standpoint, turnovers, uh, not getting red zone stops with some penalties had a lot to do with it. It's a team game. You know, we're not placing blame on one side of the ball or the other. We're, we're in this thing together and we're going to fight. We just can't turn the ball over and when we do we got to make stops we play good I mean I think we have the ability to play good I don't think that's I don't think we lack confidence in playing good it's just consistency and two good quarters doesn't win you any football games and five turnovers doesn't win you any football games we control our own destiny right and so like True. you know it, it just comes down to us executing and um, just got to find a way to to get back on the right track yeah Cameron Brait with that last little Reminder, the Bucks are still in charge. They are still in first place in the NFC South, even though they're 6-8 and eight after back-to-back losses. The Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons are all 5-9. and nine. Ew. I told you, with the Titans' four consecutive losses, there is no team in either South division that has a winning record. The Titans are 7 and 7. Everybody else is below 500. It's fairly gross. But for Joe Burrow and the Bengals, 
this is the late season run that we saw last year. Six consecutive wins for Cincinnati. Exciting game, but uh, an ugly one that, that we were able to pull out. And that just goes to show you that, you know, teams like we have, they just find ways to win games. And, you know, we keep just talking about it. And guys just keep stepping up and making big-time plays for us. We're never out of it. You know, we've, we've been in these situations before, and, and we always come back and make it a game. And today we, we were able to come back and, and really put them away there in the second half. The Bengals are now sitting at 10-4. and four. As I say, six consecutive wins. So, remember, they dropped their first two games of the year. Then they were 4-4. Four and four. They haven't lost since they were 4-4. Four and four. The Ravens, meanwhile, look putrid offensively against the Browns on Saturday. And so they fall to 9-5. and five. Obviously need Lamar Jackson back. Those two teams are still going to duke it out for the AFC North, but the Bengals now have the edge. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.